What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Get in the Mud. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention and your willingness to grow, to learn, to challenge, to improve. I hope you know how brave that is, and I hope you know how much I respect you for it. I am so grateful for you to be here and be part of this and this community that is building. And I'm so excited to share all the things because realistically, the heart in me doing this was because I've experienced life from a broken space and it gets really messy. It gets really dark. It gets really hard. And we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to be honest about reality that very often our reality is hard. This is not something that we need to pretend or perform that we are not actually going through the experiences that we're going through. Today's episode was actually brought about because I saw um, an interview that Shia LaBeouf was on called Real Ones and it moved me in such a way to hear his vulnerability and accountability and him owning his life and his mistakes and himself and his shame and his pain the way he spoke about just how deeply he was hurting and how it was presented via controlling behaviors and issues with women and his god mentality around his work and just how powerful it was to see someone show up with that level of vulnerability and i realized that in this container, the whole reason why I started Get in the Mud and why I'm coaching is because I quite literally felt like I had no value in the world. I want to share a little bit about my story today. And I want to share so that you feel seen, so that you understand that this gets better, that this can change, that this is not the end of your life, whatever this is for you. That there is hope here. That there is decisions that lead to different outcomes. That we can follow certain principles and understandings and see a completely different life. We are taught taught in our culture that being an individual is the primary focus of success. In order for me to be successful, you are now my competition, right? I have to be the best at what I do in my job. I have to be able to show up for a partner. I have to be in my roles. I have to do all these things that subconsciously I just believe. We begin so young putting them on children and we get stuck in the person we've had to be in response to our life. A lot of time in reaction to our life. We're not actively responding. We're reacting. And it took me so long and so many rock bottoms after rock bottoms after rock bottoms that ultimately I had to be broken apart. So today, guys, I want to be honest. I want to be honest about the person you see in front of you as somebody who is choosing to be a leader and a role model in saying, I'll go first. That's all that means. I'll go first. So that you know that you're safe enough to go to. There's enough space in this world to be honest about our reality and to be honest about the things that hurt us. 
Life is hard, guys. People are going through things on a daily basis that we will never, ever know. And it is so important we understand we are not alone. We've been so separated from community. We've been so separated from people knowing us and seeing us fully and loving us even still. Our relationships have become so conditional and so transactional. We are in consumer relationships where I will only be with you if you provide value to me. I will only show up if I get something out of it. It is not based in anything unconditional because in reality, we're not connected to the source of unconditional. Where do I begin, y'all? Growing up, I truly felt like I had no value in the world. I grew up in a very tricky family dynamic, a lot of pain, histories of narcissism and abuse created a lot of codependency and more than just codependency, it was my model. It was my mirror and trying to understand my role of why my needs were not being met and why I wasn't able to be connected with and why I wasn't given safety and love resulted in me internalizing and believing certain stories about myself. I grew up literally from as early as I can remember being self-conscious of my body, being self-conscious of my hair, being self-conscious of me as a whole. I felt like I was performing because in many, many ways we had to. We had to perform in order to protect the image that we were told we needed to live in whether it was subconsciously directly whatever the case may be so many of these things happen under the table and subconsciously and in so much nuance and there's so much context that isn't there that it's so easy to hear these stories and go well that's unacceptable or that's why didn't this just happen there are reasons why everything that happened happened the ways that they did. I was completely broken from as early as I can remember. I had such a spirit as a kid that people would speak to and I became so detached from that. I literally probably remember at six or seven having to turn down the dial of who I was in order to fit, in order to not rock the boat and function in the dynamics that I was in. I'm having a hard time sharing about this because in one way, I still feel a desire to protect. I still feel a desire to hide under the reality of like, I've been gaslit to the point that I've questioned my own reality so many times, but I know how that experience was felt. I also know that every single person in my family, every single person in my world has experienced this life differently as has their own perception and their own reasoning and that does not invalidate my experience either there was constant roller coaster rides and chaos of inconsistency and emotional neglect and the inability to show up in the ways that as much as my mother tried so hard and was 
doing everything she could and was and is, I love my mom so much, has fought so hard to provide that space for us. You cannot overcompensate for the lack of safety and love and all the things that come from just being a secure, stable person, which unfortunately my dad having grown up in a lot of abuse and in a lot of chaos had conditioned and had a lot of other things that ultimately led him to be in a lot of pain but as a kid you don't understand that you just think it's about you you just realize that your needs are too much that that's the baseline that you as a person are not worthy you're not good enough and then you fast forward i thankfully was exposed to missions trips and grew up going to a church and to be 100 percent transparent right now i know fully my relationship with god i know who god is and i know that i have been in many places that have put god in boxes under the realm of religion because i've experienced god in so many ways and my heart with God is not dependent on a church. It's not dependent on a specific location. It is between me and God. And for the longest time, religion was used as a way of controlling behavior and of shame. I literally thought I was so awful my whole life because I was making mistakes solely because my pain was driving my choices. I had no idea what to do with what I was feeling. Thankfully, I was exposed to mission strips and ultimately the world. And I saw just how big it was and how much more there was. And I got really, really plugged into a church where for the first time I did feel a sense of community. But it was also such a self-fulfilling prophecy because I self-sabotaged. I pushed people away. The second I was seen enough, my biggest desire was to be loved and to be seen, but my biggest fear was also to be loved and to be seen. I never felt that until recently from myself. That as much as I desperately wanted it and I craved that, I could not receive it. I didn't feel worthy of it. I felt truly like I was a monster because I was a human that was learning and making mistakes. I will always remember an ex-boyfriend saying to me when he was just looking at me with so much love and I was so uncomfortable and this was when I was young. And I looked at him and was like, what are you looking at? Like, what is it? And I was so like, I don't get it. You're going to see who I am and you're going to leave me because that was the pattern that I know. And he looked at me and he said, what type of monster do you believe yourself to be? I see you and I love you. During this whole time, I was extremely confident externally. I was a performer. I was successful in what I did and whatever I put my mind to. Because it was a way of earning and a way of love and attention and worth that was found in that. But I was so desperate and, and like I said, wanted to be seen but only to the level in which it felt safe. So once people got to a certain depth, I either self-sabotaged it, I cut it off, I destroyed it. And 
then it, that just validated the whole cycle that people leave and that I'm not good enough and that people, you know, all of those things that I had so ingrained in who I was. So thankfully throughout high school, I continued working in the Dominican Republic and was exposed to many different people and many different things and culture and warmth and love and was adopted by so many Dominican families. And I'm so grateful for that because truly, I don't know where I would be without that. That has been such a big part of my life. Spanish has become such a love for me, culture and dance and everything that that is, that is part of my heart, that is part of my life, that is part of my, that's been my home. And being part of that has truly saved me in so many ways because it was an escape. It was a way out that was much more productive than many other choices that I made. But little did anyone know during that time period when I was going back and forth, I also was living a complete quote-unquote double life. I was in high school for the first time and I had never experienced a public school setting. I grew up being homeschooled and then went to a tiny, tiny, tiny private school and then went to this big high school. And I remember being bullied. I remember I did meet some good people there, but I just was so in my own shame. I was so self-conscious. I had put on a ton of weight. I was destroying my body with food. It was a way of shaming me and punishing me. All I ever felt was a sense of punishment, not a sense of teaching and learning. So then I just continued punishing myself, expecting that's how you get better. That's how you do it. So I ended up desperately seeking the attention and approval of men because of the wounds that I have in my family structure with my dad. I created relationships with many people that I would say are narcissistic. I know one of them was a diagnosed narcissist, but the tendencies and the abandonment and the abuse and the points of my life, the brokenness that I had to feel. I was a shell of a human. I had gained over 40 pounds in since high school. And I was, I remember, I think my heaviest weight that I know of was like 245. And I am 5'4". And by no means was that a healthy thing for me. I shamed myself and hated myself in every way. That I just looked in the mirror and it validated that. I have quote-unquote before pictures where I did all the yo-yo diets. I did all the things to try to lose weight. No matter what it meant, I did the master cleanses where you only drink liquids and you only do that because I didn't care. I wanted to earn something via my body. I thought maybe, maybe if I was attractive, then I would be loved. Only to realize that as I was continuing to search for these relationships and approval and continuing in the same cycles that I knew so well, I ended up putting myself in many, many positions of danger. I have been sexually assaulted many times. And I know so many people listening to this podcast can share in that. And it breaks my heart that we can share in that. Because there's something so devastating about not feeling safe in your own body. Not trusting your environment enough to even feel safe in where you live here. 
It broke me. It completely destroyed all the narratives that I had around purity culture and the church that I was in and all of these things. So I just said, screw it. At this point, what's the point? I've already messed up. My life is, it's like, what is it now? And I just ran to cheap attention and fun and clubbing and alcohol and bad choices because I was in pain. I was in a relationship that was abusive and I had a miscarriage. That was one of my first wake-up call moments of you were almost attached to this person for the rest of your life. As hard as that was, I went through that alone because I had so much shame around the idea that I failed. That I failed at the goal of not having sex before marriage because that's what I was told I should do, right? And I had so much internalized shame that I couldn't even share the pain that I was going through with people who did love me. There were people in my story that supported me and loved me and saw me and wanted to be there for me, but I never allowed it. I couldn't hold that. I could not hold that. I could not receive that. So then fast forward, a lot of mess created so much mess for myself only to validate over and over and over and over again that I'm awful, that I am out of control, that I am this, that I am that. Because my life was, I was making choices that led me to those spaces only to prove what I thought about myself. I remember being in a relationship that ended and I couldn't eat for five days. The sense of abandonment that I felt, it felt like death. And this was somebody who gave me the bare minimum and treated me like I was nothing. And yet I was begging on the floor in my bathroom, sobbing with my mom. I remember just saying, I just want this person, right? I just want this is my person. This is my person. This is my person. And it was five days I couldn't even get food down because of how emotionally distraught I was. And that was the moment where I went, I've given this power to another person. Somebody has that much say over my life that they could break me to this point. I was literally a shell of a person because I had been so criticized and so belittled and so gaslit and so... I made, was being so small for so long, I so believed it. And I left. And I decided to take a risk. And I moved to Florida. And there I met my husband, my ex-husband. And that relationship for me taught me so much. I could go on forever about that. But that was the first time in my life that I experienced unconditional love. That he showed me in the midst of some of my biggest mistakes and how I tried to self-sabotage my marriage. How I did self-sabotage my marriage. How I needed to do so much work on myself. And it was finally the first time in my life that I could acknowledge that 25 years of my life was abuse. That I had opportunities and I had things that I could not step into the same way because of the reality of my life. That I was robbed of a childhood without pain and shame. I needed 
to feel that. And that was the first time I ever felt safe and supported enough to feel that. But it was not a healthy dynamic because I wasn't fully owning and accountable to myself. My husband was trying to fix me. I was broken. And in order to stay broken, I needed somebody to come save the day. His love for me and him showing me what love meant and what honoring himself meant, relationship was not perfect in any way. During 2020, I just needed to be sad. I just needed to be sad over the reality of my life. I needed to grieve. I needed to feel it. And I was so overwhelmed. I was smoking every day. I was completely dissociating and avoiding and running and trying, but I was quite literally being tortured by my thoughts. The only thing that I can say about that year was the word torture. I was holding on to secrets and lies. I was pretending that I deserved everything that I created without acknowledging the roots, without really understanding It's not like I woke up one day and decided to do any of these things. I was so broken. I was so conditioned to make and to do and to be the person that I was. So when my husband decided that he wanted to separate, I had already burned down so many things. I had put so much expectation on him to be a caregiver for me emotionally. And it wasn't... You know, when you're in those dynamics too, when someone is under-functioning, the person, other person over-functions and then it switches and vice versa. And it's never, I see you separately as your own individual person, as a partner. It was, I need this from you. But his love to me, when I had nothing to give, showed me the love of God. And it was at the point where I was losing my mind. I was driving home from seeing my niece and I just had these intrusive thoughts all the time that just debilitated me. They were so painful and so malicious and I could never get them to stop physically in my body. What I felt all the time, just memories and memories and memories coming up. I felt like my body was trying to to end me. And now I know it's because That was my anxiety reliving the reality of what my life has actually been. We need to confront this. We need to look at this. We need you here. Do you see this? Are we in danger? That's what was happening. But I was so feeding into and believing my thoughts that I was driving home from my niece, the most beautiful person in my life. I love more than anything. And I had one of the thoughts that said, just crash your car. I was so suicidal. I was so fragile. I was so scaring the people that loved me the most because I was that fragile. My mom used to say, she's told me a few times recently, I didn't think you'd make it through high school or college. That is the reality of the person in front of you. I was so hurting and no one would know it based off of the smile and the performance and all the things. I was broken. I was shattered and I had no idea where to start. And that journey pushed me back to myself, 
But more than anything, that's when God found me. I have learned to listen and have cultivated a relationship with God. And that deep knowing, that small, still voice that has come to me in moments of darkness and in every rock bottom because the prayer of my life was help. It wasn't until my husband decided he wanted a separation with every right to ask and to do so. And I felt like I had destroyed the most beautiful gift I was ever given. But instead of going on that same loop again, that was the invitation. I've never experienced God like that in my life. I saw miracles every day. I still see miracles every day. The amount of momentum and the catalyst that that was to push me into growth, into my own awareness, and in my own life, taking the full accountability of me because there was no one else to blame. There was no one else to ask but me. And little by little, that small hope, that voice, that decision to speak the truth, that jump into the unknown of look what I know at this point. Yeah, it's scary to change, but like, hey, how's it going right now? You're suicidal. You are 245 pounds. You hate your life. What does life look like now? Is it easy now? The hard work required to get to the other side? I didn't even know what that meant. I just was saying, okay, let's just take one next step. One different step. And praying and hoping that maybe, just maybe there was something on the other side of that. This was two years ago, guys. The amount of transformation that has come in my life, I cannot put into words. The genuine love and connection and safety that I have experienced in me, in my heart, between God, between everything. Oh my gosh, the beauty that is here. I wasn't even good enough to feel like I deserved to exist in the world, let alone experience the beauty and the joy and the goodness of the simplicity of when you're safe enough to see it. I could never see what was here because I was surviving in it. And there were so many God moments where God made it clear to me, Lacey, your pain was for a purpose. That you now can meet people in these spaces. That you can hold that weight and that depth because you lived that. You know that. I would not wish that on anyone, but I am here to tell you that your story does not end here. That what you see in front of you is an active decision to say this will not end here. I started asking for help. I started bringing people in. I got a therapist for the first time. I had done years of personal development and self-help and tried everything I could, but it took Complete surrender and release. Releasing of my ex-husband. Releasing of my life. Releasing of all the expectations that I had for it. Releasing the pain. That that wasn't my identity either. 
that feels so destabilizing. You don't realize that even your known, as awful as it is, that's the baseline. That is safety for us because that is the space that was known. So in my nervous system, my body goes, oh, we got that. We know how to respond to abuse. We know how to get small so that people don't come at us. We know how to do that. We got that covered. But actually sharing the truth with authenticity and vulnerability, oh no. God forbid, think of all the awful things that can happen. Healing comes in the micro moments. It is the small pivots towards that desire and that hope of maybe, just maybe there's something else. And I'm here today to tell you this so that you know that there is. I beg you, just reach out to God. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. The Bible says it this way. He who seeks shall find. And also says that there are hidden treasures in the darkness. And I've never seen that more than in my life. That in the darkness I have found treasure. And in the darkness I have found wisdom. And I found purpose. Because I'm able now to step into the fullness of my life. And the fullness of my choice. And taking responsibility for everything that comes. And creating the life that I've deserved. Knowing that there is a God, there is an energy, whatever you want to call it. That is so infinitely good and loving and gentle and patient. And works and moves all the things for my best in ways I could never. But it was not until I surrendered. I released the tight grip I had on just wanting to be enough just wanting to be loved, just wanting to be safe. Those are so valid. That is a human desire. But the reality is, is that was never going to come from them. That was never going to come from, from anybody, even my parents. If my parents were the healthiest people in the world, it would not matter. They can give me a certain level of connection and attunement and of love based off of that foundation. Of course, that would have absolutely changed things in my life, but that had to come within me and that needed to come within God. The prayer of the last two years of my life has been help. It has been inviting God into the mess and saying, I know you love me. I don't get why. I know this goodness is here. I don't know why. I know I know what I've experienced with you. I know what I've experienced in this space. So I'm going to hold on to the faith of that. I'm going to hold on and, and just hope that maybe, just maybe, there's more for me. And there is so much more than I could have ever dreamed on the other side of my yes. I say this daily. God, I give you consent. I give you the full consent in my life to do and move and create and and eliminate whatever is needed. Whatever it is, I trust you. I'm tired of pretending like I know what I'm doing. I tried. And I made a total mess of my life. 
But when I'm here in awareness and in consciousness and in, in connection to my intuition, in connection to spirit, that's a game changer. You have everything you need. It is who you are. We've had to numb that. We've had to push that aside and validate that, culturally change that, do all the things. You have everything you need because it is who you are. I have never been more proud of the person that I am than I am today. I've officially lost 100 pounds. I am an owner of a small business that helps others reach freedom. I get to share on this podcast so that people understand and know this is not the end. Your mess and your reality and your pain is human. You cannot out logic or heal out of your humanity. You are a human being, but you are spirit. You are God in expression. You are love expressed. You are all the things. But you cannot be any of that without your yes and without your choice. Leaning into the pain. Leading into the discomfort. Asking for help. Bringing others in. It changed my life. God changed my life. In every way, in the still moments outside of the church building, within my heart, because I made space, because I confronted, what if it is that I'm this bad? What if it is that I'm a monster? What if I am actually this? Only to now know that I was responding exactly as I should have due to the environment that I was in and the experiences that I've lived. Podcasts were the first time in my life I heard other people share authentically and vulnerably about their life and humanity. I learned, wait a second, there's terms for this? Wait a second. It's not just my family. It's not just me. But other people feel this way too. I don't have to hide it anymore. I don't have to perform anymore. That was the first time I felt seen. And I pray and I pray and I pray that this podcast can be a place where you feel seen. That you know it will require you getting in the freaking mud and doing the dirty work to meet yourself there. To find the hidden treasures in the darkness. Because at the end of the day, the darkness will come. And I know this is a hard topic. This is a heavy episode because reality is heavy sometimes. If you get squirmish listening to these type of things, I would challenge you to look at your capacity towards discomfort and towards these deep emotional places. Are you running from you? Are you running from that? Are you running from grief? Are you running from loss? Because it's in those spaces, there is wisdom there are lessons. There is so much by leaning into that. By honoring what we feel and telling ourselves the truth. This is a hard episode for me too. 
to share. But this is also the most exciting episode for me to share because this has been the reality of my life. And I am so insanely grateful that I get to share the person that I am today and that I get to meet her every day. That I get to look in the mirror and see little Lacey and I get to recreate the childhood that I deserved. I get to recreate and meet her in her heart, in her desires, and in her needs because she is more than enough. She is more than than just tolerable. And you are too. And I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart. I would not say that if I didn't know exactly what it means and what it feels like to be in your shoes. I felt like trash in the world. And I felt like that alone. Sometimes by choice because I could not receive that support, I didn't trust it. Sometimes because there was none. Trauma is not that bad things happen. Trauma is so often because we are processing it and alone in it. So by creating these spaces, by inviting people into our reality, we can reframe and we can put trauma and we can put pain and grief and loss in the spaces that they deserve, which they are sacred. They are sacred. You are sacred. There will never be anybody like you ever. You are so here for a reason. And every single time, every relationship I was ever in, I was always criticized for talking. I was always criticized with my family. I talked too much. And I've had to learn boundaries around that because duh, I do. I love to talk. (laughs) That's my gift. But just that right there, that my gift was being criticized, belittled, and shut down. The gift that I now have to speak liberation and love and freedom to others is the very thing I almost let die because of the fact the way that people spoke and the ways that I was attacked in that way. If I had listened, and I did, I would never be sharing this. I would never be doing what I am doing in this way. So I'm here today to share my story, to tell you that you are not alone if you are hurting, if you are overwhelmed, if you don't see a hope or a future or a light, please know that this gets better, that this is not forever. It's like the weather. It will change. It is never going to rain forever. Please know that if you're in the middle of it, There is support, there are tools, there are resources. I am a resource. I'm a coach now, guys. I literally walking people through areas of their life with this compassion and love and to create the space to just be heard. That is priceless in the world. You deserve to be heard. Your pain deserves to be felt to be honored, and to be let go. You are not meant to suffer through your life. You are not meant to survive your life, but you are meant to thrive in it. I promise you there is nothing that cannot be redeemed.
and it cannot be worked out for you. Think of a mosaic. They've been broken pieces put back together in such a beautiful way. In order for me to make space for what is new and what is different and what is big in my life, I have to also allow space for the breaking, the burning, and the moving of all the things that have filled those spaces so that I can make space and have capacity for that. This is a daily thing for me, y'all. I'm learning daily how to show up differently. I'm having to be honest about my experience. I'm having to feel the discomfort of learning. What the heck does it mean to date after divorce, after abandonment, after all the things with intention, with consciousness, with, I have to, gosh, like realizing, oh my gosh, I, there's so much work for me to do still, but I am here saying I am going first. I will go first. I am willing to be vulnerable in this space and in every space of my life because I've pretended for so long that it didn't hurt. It is okay to hurt. And it is also so important that you know your yes and your ability to see you is not up to me. It is up to you. Your transformation is simply in your yes. Leaning into the reality that you're not just your mind, you're a mind, you're a body, you're spirit, you're a soul. You are here for a reason. We need you for who you actually are, not who you've needed to be to survive. So I hope today by sharing this story, please share this if this impacted you, if this was something that you feel others would resonate with. Your story is not your end. It is not where you get off. The immediate changes in my family by us investing in our healing and us saying, look, this gotta end. This has to end. My mother is healing. My sister has the most beautiful family And she is the most incredible person who has transformed the life of my niece that will never experience what we've experienced within one generation. I don't know what a miracle looks like. That's it right there. You do not have to end here. You do not have to continue in the cycles that you've known. But it will take your action. It'll take your effort. It's going to take your courage. But you can do it. And I'm a living example of it. It is worth every sacrifice. You are worth every sacrifice. I promise you, please listen and borrow that from me until you believe it. I get to look in my, I I literally do mirror work exercises and just sob. (laughs) But I looked at myself in the mirror and said, I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared to face my life because I know I'm going to love you and hold you and be there for you through it. I know that I will show up for me, that I will care for me in a way that will not abandon me, that I will never leave me. And I have to make sure that I am standing in that integrity and in that space and living life with principle and with with integrity of community, of 
understanding the importance of honor and of love and of respect and of service. This is service. I cannot understand and know the spaces that I've survived and not bring light to that and awareness to that and hopefully encouragement to that space. Even if this is just for one person, it is so enough. You are more than enough exactly as you are and you deserve to feel that in your life. I love you. I'm sending you so much love. This is not where you end. This is only the beginning. Till next time.